0: Thank you all for joining us. I'm really excited to see you all here. Um, you can ask anyone who's talked to me in like the last 48 hours. I was very much struggling with this reflection. And there's only a little bit of irony because last week I was very stressed watching some of the Cardinal team editing their talks the day we left for the retreat. And if only I could see myself now. Uh, this is not an easy gospel reading for me. While preparing the reflection, I realized that Halloween, this coming Sunday, is the feast day of one of my favorite saints. St. Alphonsus Rodriguez. He was a Jesuit brother who, for nearly five decades, served as the doorkeeper of the Jesuit college in Mallorca. He was noted for his gracious, kind, patient, and humble service to all he encountered. Brother Alphonsus was a spiritual mentor of St. Peter Claver and inspired him to go to Cartagena and minister to the slaves brought from Africa. He's always been a spiritual hero of mine because of his commitment to humbly serving God in every aspect of his life. His humility and kindness are something that I was always aspire to. As I was writing this, I kept thinking, what does Brother Alphonsus have to do with this reading? When I started, all I knew was that he was a saint that I admired and I was hoping that praying on his life would bring something to me. In the midst of all this research, I decided to go deep into the footnotes on the US Conference of Catholic Bishops website for today's reading. One of the footnotes says, lying behind the sayings is the rejection of Jesus and his message by the Jewish contemporaries, who place, whose place at the high table in the kingdom will be taken by the Gentiles from the four corners of the world. Those called last, the Gentiles, will proceed for the invitation to enter whose who's first extended, the Jews. Basically, in Jewish society at the time that Jesus lived, social status was everything. Jews viewed Gentiles lower, in addition to their own strict social hierarchy. The elite of Jewish society at the time would have been shocked to hear that the peasants and the poor could be accepted above them in heaven, let alone the Gentiles. They would not have been seen identifying with the poor of their own people, let alone anyone else. This is why the line, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last was so shocking. The elite were not humble enough to be even seen with the poor. This is why so many of them rejected Jesus. They did not believe that it was right for someone like him to be teaching, living, and working alongside the poor and marginalized. They were not willing to humble themselves. They were not able to let go of their ego, and they let their status get in the way. This brings me back to Brother Alphonsus. He came from a well-off merchant family in Spain. At a young age, he went away to a Jesuit college, but soon had to return because of his father's death. After taking over the family business, he was struck by tragedy again. By the age of 35, he had 35, suffered the, life, the death of his father, of his wife, and of all three of his children. He had also lost his business that his father had left him. In this sadness, Brother Alphonsus turned to God. He deepened his personal relationship with God and sought to do God's will on earth. He wanted to become a Jesuit priest, but he was rejected twice because of his age and his lack of education. But he was eventually allowed to enter as a brother. He spent 40 plus years as the uh, porter of the Jesuit College of Mallorca. He went from being a wealthy merchant to a doorkeeper, doing whatever he could to give himself to God. For me, he is the perfect example of humility. Humility is something that I've always struggled with. I want to be humble, but I have noticed that when I try to be humble, that often leads to negative self thoughts. This isn't what we are supposed to do. Ignatius talks about indifference for wealth, riches, and honors. That's something that I always try to keep in mind but I think that sometimes we have to remember that we cannot put ourselves down in the process just because Jesus asks us to be humble in life does not mean that being poor or oppressed is the ideal life in his book, A Call to Discernment in Troubled Times, Father Dean Bradley writes there is nothing meritous about being poor that might win God's love God's option for those who suffer is unmerited, it is grace God takes their side not because they are good but because God is good God gets upset when the little people are pushed around. As I was reflecting on this reading, I realized that Jesus is asking us to be humble. He wants us to be in relationship with him, to walk alongside him, and to act as he would have. Not only through prayer, but through our daily interactions. The gospel says, we ate and drank in your company, and you taught in our streets. And then he will say to you, I do not know where you are from. I do not know you. This is where I see Brother Alfonso see it again. One of the most famous things about him is that he imagined, he is known for imagining, that everyone who knocked on the door of the college to be Jesus himself. And he would greet everyone with the same smile he would have given God. In fact, whenever someone knocked on the door, he would call out, I'm coming, Lord, as he made his way to the door. This is something that I've struggled with, seeing God in all people, especially myself. At the beginning of my senior year at Xavier, someone asked me what my goal was for my senior year. I answered that I wanted to win the Dorothy Day Award, which is the award given to two of the senior leaders in the Center for Faith and Justice there. Two semesters and one pandemic later, I found out that I won the award. The rush of emotion was a little overwhelming. It was exciting to be recognized, but in the back of my mind was the comment from months ago. Did I do the work just to win the award? There are still days where I think others may have been more deserving, but I think that the work I did was needed and was good. I didn't change my plans or anything to get the award, in. I didn't go out of my way. I just continued on doing what I was doing. I often become overwhelmed with thoughts of having too big of an ego. I question my own intentions almost constantly. Am I doing this to make myself look good, or am I doing this because it's the right thing to do? Because of this, I feel that sometimes everything I could do could be better. Everything could have been a little bit more humble. I could have been a little bit less concerned about myself. This leads me to to lose some important boundaries and friendships, to overwork myself, and to simply not attempt to do things because I think they won't be good enough. Now, of course, St. Ignatius, being the spiritual genius that he was, knew that this would be an issue for some people. In Dean Brackley's book, he has a whole chapter entitled Fear, Fuel, Humility. He summarizes Ignatius' response to what Ignatius calls hypersensitivity. The lesson I take from this is that when people like me face this moral dilemma, which make a reasonable decision and then stay the course. Rejecting second thoughts and remaining at peace. Unless there's a clear reason to question my original plan, I should resist my doubts and fears and follow through on my original inspiration. Above all, the inspirations are innocent until proven guilty, especially when they come from consolation. My exaggerated self-doubt and fear of doing wrong do not come from the good spirit. It sounds great and might be an exact quote, but it's easier said than done. I think that when I follow what Ignatius says, the biggest part is recognizing my own consolation in spiritual life. Ignatius says that decisions need to come from consolation, which is not the easiest thing. Luckily, the first reading from today reminds us that the Spirit comes to the aid of our weakness. It's something I find pretty comforting to know that God is someone who comes to the aid of our weakness and sadness. The first reading also gives us the beautiful line, we know that all things work for good for those who love God. I'm sure that I'm terribly oversimplifying this, but for me, it tells me that as long as we are working towards having a relationship and loving God, that we are moving towards God and that he is working in the good through us. This is something that brings me joy and comfort. At the beginning, I said that I struggled to know what to talk about, and that's true, but I think I struggled to write an end to this even more. Um, Earlier today, I was talking to John Sperano in the office, and John said that humility is not something that one can achieve can never truly achieve humility, but it can be a way of living. We can live a humble life while still recognizing our gifts and talents and ability to build our relationship with God. I said earlier that Jesus is calling us to walk humbly alongside him. I am working toward a relationship with him that is one of humility, but it is also one of love, compassion, support, and most of all, joy. I hope to find the same type of joy that Brother Alphonse has had When greeting the guests at the college door. I pray that I can say I'm coming Lord when I hear the knock at the door.
1: Give me today my daily bread Help me to walk alone ahead Though I walk through the darkest valley I will fear no love Oh my smile, my mind, reassure me I don't need no one woke up this morning with my mind said on loving me with my mind set on loving me woke up this morning with my mind. May leave, the winter may not. Hey, the map of your palms, the temple you be, you're all that you got. Hey, the bad days may come, the lover may leave, the winter may not. Hey, the map of your palms, the temple you be, you're all that you got. Oh, I walk through the darkest valley. my with my stuff My cup is full